Thank you, Jesus. You know that um, Christianity is always about the impossible. And uh, Christianity is not about that having a certain amount of knowledge about a certain amount of a certain kind of subjects. Um, Christianity is about that we bring the will of the, king, the will of God to manifest here on earth. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. It's not about that uh, I have a theological view on that subject or that subject. Or, and they, they can all be very good. But as we all know, opinions change nothing. Amen. Amen. It is revelation. And, uh, and it, like, I, I like what, uh, so what Smith Wilkerson He answered when someone uh, asked him, Mr. Wilkerson, what is the best book? No, no, uh, what, uh, how should I read the Bible? Should I read it in Greek or should I read it in Hebrew? And, and Smith Wilkerson, he said, this thing, you should read it in the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. It's not about getting knowledge. You know, there are so many people today who have plenty of knowledge because they are Google. You can call them Google scholars or Google warriors or whatever you want, keyboard warriors. And uh, and the thing is, a lot of opinions, but not a lot of manifestation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's all about. I remember one of my early Bible teachers. He said to me, "Kurt, if it doesn't work, forget it." Mm-hmm. No, it's easy to have a theoretical view of something, but if it does not work, what's the point? Who wants to fight for an idea that doesn't work anyway? And uh, and <clears throat> previous Wednesday, I think no, I can't remember now. Some Wednesdays ago, when I had a meeting with the Ukrainian people online, and there was this interesting story. And I saw a woman. Uh, she was in quite of a big problem because she couldn't get a passport in uh, Ukraine because of she escaped from uh, the eastern Donbass area this is where the Russians have occupied and uh, so when she escaped of course when you're escaping from a war you don't you don't think about oh I need my market statement prove of my market statement I need my uh, bills for the last six mm-hmm. months or something like you just you know when the bombs are falling you just run mm-hmm. so the problem was that now she's in western Ukraine which is uh, relatively safe uh, so now she was applying for a passport so that she could come out of the country, but because she didn't have the papers, because mm-hmm. the papers were registered in the Russian, what is now called Donbass, mm-hmm. uh, so she didn't have the papers. So when I had a meeting last few Wednesdays ago, this woman, she asked me if I would pray, and to be honest, I didn't really know what to pray. But to make a long story short, God did something and made a way that now she's got it. Ukrainian passport and she can leave the country into safety. Amen. Amen. And it's you know that for me that you know, the pastor he, he went to me and said this is some this is a miracle. He didn't believe this could happen. And uh, but as as I said you know that we need to this is what Christianity is about. Christianity is not about that I had the five pound notes and charity to something that's a, that's a, that's a very kind deed to do and that's a, carry on doing that. But it's not Christianity. Christianity, there must always be a supernatural element in it. If there's no supernatural element in it, we might as well follow any other religion. There's no point. Okay? Christianity starts with a supernatural thing, that you get born again. Amen? And um, so, uh, 
as, as you know, that I was in a hospital last week, and um, just to briefly just say that, you know, that I think I had not experienced so severe pain for such a long period of time. I think it started Wednesday evening, and uh, carried on all into. I didn't want to go to A and E on Wednesday night because you know when you go to you know I don't know why you call it accident and emergency emergency because it takes so long. There's no emergency there. Okay, then so I said to to my wife to Yen at the, I said no, I'm not going to accident emergency two o'clock in the morning because. I'm just going to sit there and suffer and wait. So I said, I would rather lie here in my bed and suffer. Okay, and then we can go in the morning. And when we came in the morning, the first sign I saw was that this was for four o'clock in the morning, waiting time, eight hours. Okay, can you? So it was a good thing I didn't go in the morning. But anyway, I didn't have to wait eight hours when I came. I went to see the doctor and uh, and they referred me to the surgical team, and I was in so much pain that now I'm basically not slept for an hour, uh, for a day and a half, really. Mm. And uh, I was sweating so much that uh, it just poured out of me, and, uh, and the pain was just so horrendous. That, mm. uh, uh, even compared to when I broke my leg many years ago, I thought that was bad, but this thing was really bad. But anyway, they did so many tests on me, blood tests, scanning, CT scan, and all sorts of things. I'm telling you, I've been through a whole million men. And, uh, and it turned out that, uh, that uh, you know, that, uh, what can I say, it was, it was not as bad as I thought it was. Mm. No, no, it was not serious at all. It was just something I could, uh, like, like what the nurse said to me, or what not, the nurse said to me, the treatment here is rest, time, and a lot of painkillers. <laughs> okay, for me that was good news because I've been no surgery. Okay, and it also meant that. So, but so also meant that. Uh, what can I say? But it was not something really, really serious that you could think with such uh, significant, severe pain. And uh, and I remember, yes, I said to God, uh, I said to Jesus, well, I was just, I couldn't be anywhere. So like, from Wednesday evening, six o'clock until six o'clock, four o'clock, Thursday afternoon, I had been in that severe pain without any painkillers or anything, like no sleep, or been through with scanning and whatever. And I said to Jesus, you know, just give me five minutes of pain free when my faith can break through, okay? And uh, so the first time we came, we gave me 10 milligrams of morphine. It didn't touch it at all, okay? Uh, so two hours later, they could give me morphine again. So they gave me another 10 milligrams. That meant now I have 20 milligrams in my body. I mean, this uh, uh, passage or liquid form, like a drip. And, uh, and then they gave me uh, some salt water because I was so dehydrated. <coughs> anyway, but they started start touching it a little bit. And when finally at 8 o'clock in the evening or something like that, I managed to get a bed in the hospital. And when I was in the bed, they gave me the same portion again. And when that just knocked me out for six hours, gone completely. So that means I had 30 milligrams of morphine in my body and all these other painkillers. And, and uh, I remember I said, just give me five minutes of my fate will break through. Okay? And so I slept all through the night. When I woke up five o'clock in the morning, Saturday, Friday morning, I was completely pain-free. It was like I was born again, really. Seriously. I, I, in the morning when we came, we give you painkillers. I don't need it. I'm, I'm fine. 
I didn't need anything. Yeah. Uh, I said five minutes, and I said to Klaus, an evangelist from Denmark, I know, <coughs> he called me and said, now he texted me and said, I'm praying for you. I said, I said to him, no need, I got faith. Amen. Amen. You know, but we, we, we need to, you know, uh, uh, you learn a lot of things when you go through processes like this. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about others. And you learn a lot about God. Amen. And mm-hmm. uh, some people, they ask me about uh, what caused this. I, I go back to them, why? Are you a doctor? Mm-hmm. So I said, no. So what difference does it make if you know? Who, you know, but we, we have to understand with faith, mm-hmm. I don't care what caused it. That's right. What, ha- what, what matters is how do I get rid of it? That's right. Amen? Yes. You know, just because I know I did this and that's why it happened. Yeah, so what? No, I, I know I did this. But what, that's not important. I came to Jesus not to be confirmed that I did something wrong because I know I did or whatever. Not, not that I say simply something to do with wrong. Solution is more important than the reason. Amen. Amen? It's what caused it? Who cares what caused it? Mm. And by the way, you, if I even told you, you what, so we can pray better, what do you mean? Does that mean I can only get, God only asks me if I have the right words? No. God does not look at your words. He looks at your heart. Amen. Amen? It's so important we understand this thing. But, so to make a long story, so I got out last Saturday and I was so weak when I came out last Saturday. I, I couldn't even open a bottle. That was how weak I was. And, uh, but uh, here I am now. I regained my strength. I can, now I can... I think I walked eight miles this morning and I'm just full of energy and, uh, and uh, something that came out of it was that all the tests showed that, you know, you had been laughing over the years, but I told you I'm 25, okay? All the tests shows I am so healthy. Amen. Amen. But now, like, let's give you an example. My blood pressure, the doctor said, how old are you? He said, I'm 54. I said, my blood pressure is 101 over 75. That's quite good for a 54-year-old, isn't it? I used to joke with my patients, <laughs> you get a blood pressure of a 22-year-old. <laughs> but that's quite a good blood pressure it's very good. For, an old man, uh, for a young man. <laughs> And my kidneys, my liver, whatever. Um, so, um, um, so, let's say, when you, you know, what can I say? No, as I say, God never wastes anything. Amen. Amen. And by coming through the process, I'm not saying the process was wonderful, I'm telling you it wasn't, but you come out stronger on the other side. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and that's not just for one person, that's for anyone. Mm. Amen? Because we are serving, uh, belonging to a heavenly father who has only the best intentions. No weapon formed against you shall prosper if, if we stay close to him. Mm. Amen? What, what the devil wants to destroy you with, you can step up on it and you get elevated. Mm. Hallelujah. Anyway, there's something that... Uh, because I was supposed to, uh, I think it's long, long, long time since I've talked about this before, since, and, uh, and sometimes it's good for us uh, to be reminded, uh, if this is, uh, it's not really for you guys, but, but because what I'm 
sharing is going to be sent to Ukraine and other places too. And uh, so it's, but it's also good for ourselves to be reminded why we do what we do. Mm. Amen? It's, it's sometimes we're just doing it because this is what we do. No, and that's good. But it's also good to, to remind ourselves of why we're doing it. So no, remember one of the key words in Old Testament is that God says, remember. Mm-hmm. And one thing the Jewish people are really good at is remembering. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Okay, so that four thousand years ago, when we at the Exodus of Egypt, I don't know if that's four thousand years ago, roughly something like that. And God said, "Remember this by eating that." And still, four thousand years later, they still remember. Mm-hmm. Can you remember that? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Four thousand. You know, I someone tells you, "Remember," and you've forgotten in half an hour. Okay, <laughs> but Jewish people, God said, remember, when four thousand years, we still remember, amen. amen. It's, uh, yeah. So, anyway, so if you turn to Malachi chapter three, verse ten, I want to talk about the timing thing, uh, because again, I believe that uh, this is something that has been taught wrongly. It's been something that has been applied wrongly in many people. And many people have their own version of it mm. in a wrong way too. Okay? In Malachi 3, let's just read it. First time someone, uh, I read, first time I read Malachi, I thought it was the book of Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was Italian. <laughs> Malachi 3. <ten. laughs> okay? And. Uh, and we, you know, this is the last book in the Old Testament, and, um, and it says here that they intend to preach them. It says here bring, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, mm. that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven Amen. and pour you out. A blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Amen. Amen. You know, but many people, when we read this, um, they read it, but we don't really think about what does it say. But for me, the key word here is what is the blessing? Amen. What is the blessing? And, and in our culture, we, we've been brought up to that the blessing is something material. So like we hear people say that, I got this, I'm blessed. Or I got that and I'm blessed. Or I got a new car, I'm blessed. I got a house, I'm blessed. And, but I want you to understand the blessing is not a new house. The blessing is not a new car. The blessing is not none of these things. It can be a result of the blessing, yes. but not the blessing. Mm. Because I know people who got a new car, who got a house, they got things, they're not very blessed. Mm. Okay? No, you can be one of the wealthiest, some of the wealthiest person, people in the world, they are not blessed. Mm. Uh, I think the, the saddest story I've heard is, uh, was uh, the, the heir, uh, the one who was supposed to be the heir of the Samsung, <clears throat> and uh, I think her dad refused her to marry someone uh, because it was below whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but this young woman, she committed suicide in New York because she could not marry the one, uh, which meant that 
there was no heir to, uh, to mm. Samson. Okay? Uh, maybe one of the, some of the wealthiest families in the world, and yet they were not blessed. Mm. Okay? And you know, money is not a sign of that you are blessed. Mm. It can be, but it's not necessarily. Because many people have a lot of money, but they're not blessed. Okay? We, we can see people who are world famous, uh, world class in whatever area, and they completely destroy their life because they are not blessed. So blessing is not something material. Okay? And, but but say, bring the whole type into the storehouse, where there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Open the floodgates of heaven. So that I may pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room for it. So that's why, have you ever met anyone who has got enough money? <laughs> no. Have you noticed, it doesn't matter if you have a million, you could still use more. If you've got 10 million, I could, you know, I, I never met anyone who say, okay, that's it, oh, I made all the money, unless you're stupid or religious. Because there are some religious people who say, oh, that's it, I'm happy. How much have you got? Five pounds? Oh, I'm just happy. No, we never met anyone where, where, is, where, is, where, is, where there should not be room enough for it. Mm. So obviously, it's not a material thing. Mm. And I want you to understand that, that when I come to it, you will see what the blessing of God is. But the tithing thing is that when we bring the tithe to the storehouse, now the storehouse is not somewhere half the way around the world. Do you understand that? It's not to some TV evangelist you've seen on God TV or YouTube or whatever, and you never met him. Okay? The storehouse is where you belong. Or you could say, this is my home. Mm. This is my spiritual place. Mm. So when you and I we bring our time, the first fruit of our labor, you have to say, uh, before I say, you have to say, what is that you are to time? It says, of your income here. But what is your income? You know, but when you go to work, they don't pay you because they like you. <laughs> That's not why they're paying you, okay? They're paying your salary. It symbolizes an extra amount of hours of your life that you give into your workplace. And at the end of the month, that extra amount of hours is translated into what we call salary. So when you stand with your salary now, you translate that extra amount of hours into what we call, to your salary. So what we call it, let's say you, you earn a hundred pounds, okay. So that hundred pounds symbolizes that amount of time that you have invested to get money. Mm. And that time, that's your life. Mm. Okay? So when we say you bring your time into the storehouse, it talks in the power your life. Okay? And when you say the timing of that Salary, when you bring, so you say when you coming to the stars, you say I'm bringing my life here. This is here my life belong. Do you do you understand that? It's not it's not a, it's not about the money side because we, that's why the Bible does not say a thousand pounds or hundred thousand pounds or ten. It says ten percent. Mm. Yeah. Amen. And I, it's very important that we think a 10%. It's 10%, it's not 5%, mm. it's not 11%, it's not 20%, it's 10%. Mm. There's, no, there's no such thing as, 
uh, people say, oh, I pay half time. There's, there's no such thing as that in the Bible. There's no such thing as double time in the Bible, whatever. If you're thinking like that, you're thinking you can buy, you actually have a mindset of that I can buy the favor of God. Mm. You can't. You can't buy something you already got. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, so when we bring our tithing to the church, our salary is a representative of our life. And by us bringing the tithe, now remember in the Jewish culture, we always acting. It's not just saying, it's not just saying I belong there. No, we, we, we sing it by acting that this is the storehouse. This is where I belong to. As I said, that many people outside of this place, they, they, they address me as pastor, especially when they want me to confirm something they want to do. Pastor, this better But I always say to them, I'm not your pastor. Why am I not your pastor? Because the way I become your pastor is not me saying you. It is you who decides not by you saying I'm your pastor, but I become your pastor in the moment you say, I belong to this place. Amen. Do you understand? And, not, and we don't do that by words, we do that by bringing our life in form of our tithing. This is why tithing is so contested everywhere, because so many people go to churches and they don't belong. Because not just because of the people, but also many pastors don't understand what I'm telling you now. Okay, so it's to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse mm. that there may be food in my house. Now you have to say, what is now food in biblical terms? What is that? Revelation. Yes, same. Remember Paul? He talks about that the food. Uh, I gave you milk, and other times I gave you meat. Mm. It's not about we have a bag of rice at the back, so when you bring your time. No, it's because of, as I said to everyone who asked me, what, how, do I, how should I look for a church? I always say to people, look for a church where the pastor is full employed. Okay? You know, I, you know let's say you, 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 go, you need an appointment at the dentist. Mm. And you call up and say, oh, can I have an appointment? I have a terrible toothache. Mm. And the, the dentist says, oh yeah, let me just check the schedule. Yeah, I can see you in four weeks' time. Four weeks' time? I pay now. Yeah, but he said, yeah, but I have to make a living. Mm. I thought this was your living. He said, no, 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 no. Are you not a dentist? No, no, yeah, but well, so I, how did you make a living? Oh, I'm a butcher. <laughs> okay. No, if you... So, no, what, what is talking about so that there may be food in my house is so that... That's why but the pa- many pastors today, they're not full-time. Mm. They have a full-time job, but not as a pastor. Mm. And so what happens is that the best hours of their life, now the best hours of their day, sorry, is given to another job. Mm. And now after they give the best there, now we're trying to see God. You know, yeah. that's very, very difficult. Yeah. And that's why that the time you say, so that there may be food in my house. So that the full-time pastor, what, what, is he do, what is his job? To make sure that there are meat in his house. Mm. And how can he do that? That he don't need to spend all his time thinking about how are my physical needs met. Mm. 
I'm telling you, if you ask any pastor in general about what do you pray about, 99% of those I know, they're praying for their own personal financial need. Mm-hmm. That's not really the kind of pastor I want to have. Can you, what? He's, he's surviving and now you're, coming to, now you're coming to him for guidance and he can't survive himself. Mm-hmm. So now you can sink together. Okay. And, but, but because many pastors, they, are so, they, 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 they think it's, uh, or they've been deceived by the devil to think it's humility that I'm working. No, you're deceived because now you cannot minister to both. Because you, you don't minister according to your character. You know, just because someone is nice, that doesn't mean he can minister to you. The only thing he can minister to you is that he can have the word of God for you. Yes. Not a good advice from the soul to soul, that, that changes nothing. It's the word of God, the revelation. Yeah. Okay? So that we made food in my house. And then, you know what, what is amazing here? This is the only place where God directly says to you and I, test me. Amen. But, you know, he doesn't say that about healing. He doesn't say that about all the other things, but about the financial thing here, or the, the time, he said, test me. Okay? God said, you test me and see if it does not work. And I'm telling you, this one of the first verses I read in the Bible when I became a believer. And I, I can promise you, I have tested him over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm still here. Okay? After 30 plus years now. And uh, so test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven or open the windows of heaven. Mm. Now, the window open the windows of heaven, what does that talk about? We're talking about an open channel. Mm. And, and we already talked about that the blessing of God is not physical. Mm. No, you know, God, you don't want God to bless you with a, with a car from him. Can you imagine, Oliver? <laughs> He said, oh, he says, I need a new car. And when Jesus looked out, okay, here you go, bang. <laughs> now, now Oliver is not here on earth anymore. Now, now we suffer Jesus. When he said, no, I don't need a car. No, that's not how it works. Do you understand? I said to some women, they said, you know, oh, God gave me a husband. You know, <laughs> he, he's not throwing him down from heaven, okay? Because if, if he's if he's up there, he's already dead, okay? <laughs> so you don't you don't want to dip. You know, that, how does God? You know, how? So let's say you ask you ask God for a new car, for example. How does God answer that prayer? You you asking God. So how does He answer through His Word? Mm. So he say he he gives you a word and say go and do this. He I found that Jesus always answered my prayers by an instruction. Okay, but for me to hear that instruction, the windows of heaven has to be open. Amen. How do I open the windows of heaven through my tithe? Why? Because through my tithe I say I belong here. I belong to Jesus. Amen? Amen. And when I say I belong to Him, now the windows of heaven are open. It's not enough just to say in our Western country, I belong to Jesus, I belong to Jesus, I belong to Him. That's not enough. It's a good beginning, but it's not enough. It's because, it's, remember, it's not a Greek book, it's a Jewish book. Mm-hmm. When I pay my tithe, I 
through that action, I say, I belong to Jesus. And now the windows of heaven are open. And this is why the, 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 it's so contested the target, because the devil wants the windows of heaven to be closed. Mm. The devil wants tithing to be about money. It's not. Mm. It's about what I can hear. Yes. He said the blessing here, a poor out sucks a blessing where there's not room enough for it. Anyone who's been married, we know that when the wife, our wife shouts at us, we're okay. <laughs> as long as she screams and shouts at us, yeah. that's okay. We're not too worried about that. We can live with that. Okay? But we know we are in real trouble when we get the silent treatment. Mm. When we are in trouble. When we say something, we just, hmm, let's just quiet. <laughs> now we know we are in trouble. We, we know we are not so much in trouble if we say something and we shout at us. But the moment we come to a stage where we, are, we get the silent treatment, now we know we are in trouble. Mm. And I want you to understand the curse of God it's not that you're walking outside in the rain and, and lightning strikes you or something bad happens to you. That's not the curse of God. That's not how God operates. The blessing of God is that you can hear. Mm-hmm. The curse of God is that you can't hear. Right. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say? We should live by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. So you can see, we cannot live if we cannot hear. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the time is such contest, so, so contested. Because the problem is today that people cannot differentiate between revelation and information. It looks very similar, information and revelation. It sounds the same, it looks the same, but it doesn't do the same when you have revelation from God, that revelation comes with the power and the ability to do what it says it does. Revelation always transforms. Information just informs. Okay? You now you can be so close to Jesus that you can hear the same words. One receives revelation because of the relationship they have with Jesus. And the other one hears the same, but only hears information. Because, and it's down to the relationship. Mm. And that's where the tithing comes in. Do you understand? Remember Peter, he said, when Jesus said, who are you? He said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, oh, my father in heaven. Only oh, my father in heaven is mm. Remember, you have to remember now, Judas, he was there too. That's right. He heard the same thing too. But he did not have the same relationship because Jesus said he knew his heart right from the beginning. So Judas, he heard the same thing as Peter heard, but Judas did not have a relationship. So Judas received information, mm. but Peter received revelation. Yeah. And many, many churches today, many Christians today, what they're giving you is information. Oh, they can quote you the scriptures, they can tell you what the Bible says about this and the other subject, but they don't have the power to transform you because they're handing you information. Okay? And, this, and, and, and it boils down to this thing about the tithing thing. 
Because uh, maybe boy, uh, maybe they will have commission. So, but uh, God doesn't care about the money thing. It's not about money. It's not about the money thing. Just like when you receive a gift or something like that, it's not about what it cost. It's about the heart of the one who gave it. And God has shown it's not about money because He said ten percent is ten percent. Okay. And so, so, so you see, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. You know, but it talks about when God brings you so much revelation that it overflows from you so that those around you will be blessed by it. Amen. Amen? You, you, and I have many Christians that I know of who, who are not doing time. They are like black holes. Do you know what a black hole is? You know, in the universe, it just sucks everything, every life around them into them. And I think many Christians are like that. Okay, I know Christians, I know a Christian preacher, you know, you put him in, uh, we don't have it anymore. You know, the old fashioned uh, phone box. Can you remember those phone boxes? Actually, there's a museum up north of Harrogate of old phone boxes. Of it's only in England we can come up with something like that. But anyway, he, he is like, you can put him in a phone box and he can start a fight with himself. You know? and, but, we, but a Christian is supposed to be an overflow. Remember what it says about him in the book of John? That from the inner being, there should one overflow rivers of living water. What is living water? That's revelation. Mm. That's the word revealed. Amen. It says rivers, but it comes through the relationship. Because Jesus also said, if you abide in me and I abide in you. Yes. Amen? It's not about that I have that information, I have that information, I have that information now. No, it doesn't really matter. Because if I don't have the relationship with him, it doesn't matter what I know, I cannot help you. Okay, and I can give you an example of it, either, but you can give me any recipe. Give me an Iranian recipe, and I can tell you next Sunday how you should cook it. And you say, wow, it's amazing, as long as you don't ask me to do it. <laughs> because then I will kill you instead, okay? But the thing is, it's easy to say things, but it's another thing to produce what you're saying. Okay? And when some people say, oh, but we say it by faith, we say it by faith. No, we don't say it by faith. I don't want someone to say, oh, Kurt, I want to give you this at your birthday by faith. Okay, so, so that means I won't get it. Okay? No, we, we, we need to, the Bible talks about Hebrews 11, one mother say, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Means faith always brings substance. Amen. Amen. And the only thing that can bring heavenly substance here on earth is revelation. The only way I can receive revelation is my relationship with Him. And the way I express, the first step for me to express that I belong to Jesus comes down to the time. Amen. Because the Bible talks about where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. It does, I used to think it said, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Mm. No, where your treasure is, mm. that's where your heart is. So in the olden days, if you have a checkbook, you could quickly see where your heart was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shoes, shoes, <laughs> whatever it may be. Okay? 
is that it, it's but 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 that's why we bring the tithing. It's not a it's not a religious thing to maintain a budget. It's not a, a thing to to meet the needs of the church because at the end of the day, that's God's responsibility. Do, do you understand? Also, that's also to remember is that that when we bring our tithe, we don't bring it to a person. We bring it to God. Do you understand? It's very important we understand that because me, I can't bless you. Only God can. And you're giving it to God. We're not giving it to a church or to a man. Okay? And so, and what I do afterwards, in the olden days when, you, when we took it up physically, after the meeting, I used to go out in the back, throw it all up in the air, yeah. and anything that came down, I could keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't man. Okay. So so there is not so so much blessing that there will be not there will not be room enough to store it. Why? Because we as believers, everything we have been given, we multiply it by giving it to pass it on. And now we're talking about revelation here. Okay? We're talking about revelation. In the revelation, we pass it on so that it transforms. Another part of it is in, and then our, about the power of it. <clears throat> so like, uh, how do... You know, so in Proverbs 18.21, it says, uh, Proverbs is just in the middle of the Bible. And uh, if you can't find it, just do like what I did when I was a believer. Just go and pretend that I know where it is. <laughs> okay. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And you know what? We say what we hear. So you can see now, I don't believe in this thing that people just say is something stupid. Well, be careful what you say, be careful what you don't like. No, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's like, when I am close to Jesus, when I belong to him, and I hear what he says to me, yeah. and I say that, now it produces. Yes. No, it's not. It's not like a vending machine. I can just decide to say whatever I want. Mean, or I want. I was in a Christian conference many years ago. Well, we were down at Sandown. You know, sitting down. You know, the horse racing track, and the guy said, "Oh, I claim this place to be my church." I said, "What an idiot!" You know, okay. there was ten people in the church. You know, but all, if we, if we got that place, all the church would be doing is praying. Please, how can we pay the mortgage next month? Okay. It's just stupid. This is, this is not how it works. Do you understand? It, the power lies in that when I'm with him and he speaks to me and I say what he speaks to me, now it produces. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, anyway, but with, uh, Proverbs 3 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Mm-hmm. And I want you to read that in connection with uh, Deuteronomy 8 17 to 19. And then it's where God says to Israel, And you say in your heart, My power and the might of mine hand have gotten me with wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He that giveth you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore unto your fathers as it is this day. Okay? Basically what He's talking about, He's saying, Remember 
It's me. Yes. It's God. Yes. Okay? And that's a part of when we bring the first fruit of our labor too, is that in that we say to God, we remember. We remember it's you, God, who give us the ability to gain wealth. We remember it's you. That's what we do through the tithing thing. Okay? It's so important we understand that this is what it is about. This is why tithing is so important. I also want to say to you that tithing is not an insurance policy. Do you understand that? Just say, okay, I've, I've done my tithing now. I don't need to do anything else as a Christian for the next month. Okay? Now, I've, no, it, it's the beginning. Just like when you got married, have you, if you realize the, the wedding is not the marriage. You know, have you noticed that everyone is happy, eating, dancing, doing all sorts of crazy things that they maybe regret the next day or whatever. But they do all of, but have you noticed the, mar- the wedding is not the marriage. Okay? Just like the same thing that when the, the timing thing is not the end and be all. Okay? It's the beginning. Amen. It's the beginning. And out of it, it gives you the platform now. Now the windows of heaven are open. Now be open to what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Now when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, now go out and act upon it and you will start seeing the manifestations happens around you. Okay, I grew up there. <clears throat> this verse was used very often to, at conferences because now the, the budget, you know, it was funny. At conferences, I don't know, it's probably still a like that. Because I'm never at a full conference. I only come when, I'm, come when I'm speaking and when I'm off, okay? But usually it's like in the beginning of the conference, the collection, the collection speech is quite short, okay? When we go further and further through the week, the collection speech becomes longer and longer and longer because mm. now, the bills, now the conference is nearly over and we need to get the money in. Mm. And they so, used very often this scripture to manipulate people to give. Mm. Okay? You know, you cannot remember, but, uh, you know, I think the only time over the last many years now, I just asked if you wanted to give towards Ukraine. Otherwise, you never heard me take up special offering for anything. No, the timing, as I said, if everyone in the church just do that, then, then there will be no issues. Okay, we are not a backing organization. Okay, do you understand? I think it's embarrassing that people are running around saying we're serving the living God and then we are begging. Yeah. <laughs> My Jesus, He's the King, so why are you begging? You know, oh, if you give money to me, God will bless you. How dumb are you? God, God won't even give you money. Why should I be dumb enough to give it to you then? Do you understand? It's just the manipulation. But tithing is not about money. It's about covenant, it's about commitment, it's about I declare, this is where I belong. This is why you see, you guys in here, you see healing are so easy, so simple. Why? Because when you bring in your tithe, you are handing me authority, and that's why I can exercise my faith. Okay? If you go somewhere else, <clears throat> I cannot do it the same way. I have to rely upon the gifts of the Spirit and things like that. But here, I'm so confident. I was just thinking of Now, I've been in the ministry for over 30 years. I only conducted one funeral in all these years. 
Okay? I remember someone who was not a member of the church. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and let's say, I say that to the glory of God, but it's because of there is when you understand the thing about the tithing, because when you are belonging somewhere, mm-hmm. because there are so many vulnerable people in so many churches all around the place, because they don't understand what I'm saying to you now. They can go to a church of 10,000 people, and yet they don't belong. And if they pay their tithes in that church, yes, that's good. But if the pastor don't understand what I'm saying to you, then it works nowhere. Because it has to work both ways. Do, do, you, do you understand that? It, it's so important that, that, that this message comes out. <clears throat> because now, when the church can start growing. It's not about growing in numbers, it's about growing in spirit. Yes. Amen? So, so, uh, so this is why we do and, and, and it's again, Christianity without a manifestation is no Christianity at all. It's just a philosophy, just like anything else. The reason for this thing about Revelation is so important also is that, and I will finish with that now because I, I know it's hot. And, uh, but the thing is that I, one of the things that always uh, puzzled me that the Pharisees in the, New, in, in the Bible, you know, what we would call the Orthodox Jews today, and, and what we would call the crazy charismatics today, or whatever, you know, the, the, the Pharisees dedicated their whole life, the Jewish people dedicated their whole life, their whole search in their teaching about the revival of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. They live in that expectancy of the return of no, not, not the return for for yeah for, for Messiah to arrive. Mm. <clears throat> and you remember when the wise men came to King Herod, mm. and the wise men asked King Herod, "Where is the Messiah going to be born?" Mm. And King Herod he he goes to the Jewish scholars mm. and asks, according to the scriptures, "Where is the Messiah going to be born?" And the scholars came back to King Herod and says to him, according to the book of Micah, he is going to be born in Bethlehem. Yeah. Okay? If you're reading, you know, I've, I, I always marvel over how, did we, how could the scholars see that? I, when I read it, that's right. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, if you say so, uh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, but it shows the dedication in knowledge they had. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have revelation. That's right. Do you know, they, they knew all the right words. They knew all the right things. They said all the right things. And yet when the Messiah, Jesus, came in flesh and blood, the same people who could say he was born in Bethlehem, mm. they couldn't recognize him. Right. Do you know what? I think it's very similar to what happens today. But there are so many people today, uh, uh, even famous Bible preachers, talk about the return of Jesus. All we're talking about is that and the other, the return of Jesus, he's coming back soon, and he's yeah. coming back, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you know what? They, don't, they won't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. They don't even recognize him. Because the Jesus they portray is not the Jesus of the Bible. They are either looking for some kind of political leader or whatever, but it's not the Messiah. So be, and that's why revelation is so important. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's why the, the devil has made tithing into to do with money. Mm-hmm. Because if he can convince you it's to do with money, then 
and the next step will convince you God is not interested in much, you don't need to do that, you'll be okay. Mm. But what he don't what we what 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 do you mean? He cut off the flow of revelation. And you, I'm telling you, you can listen to many, you know, 99% of the Christian books that are written now is just waste of paper. Mm. Seriously. There's no revelation, and, and or it's an expression of their own arrogance. Why would a 30, 40 year old preacher want to write a biography about himself? You don't even start living yet. Okay. I mean, oh, this is my life. Oh, wow, I'm so big. No, no, it's just a waste. It's just information. Mm. Okay? Why do I need 10,000 books about healing? Why do I need 10,000 books uh, deliverance or whatever? Smith Wigglesworth asked, uh, was asked about, oh, Mr. Wigglesworth, could you uh, recommend a good book about deliverance? And when he said, answered back, said, what is wrong with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But it's revelation that makes the difference. And that's why the tithing is the first step to it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we...